Our dear sister Julianne Malvo mentioned A. Philip Randolph. Man, that was long time ago. And the cry was jobs and justice. In the March on Washington in 1963, the cry was jobs and justice. In the 20 year anniversary of the March on Washington, the cry was jobs and justice. We are now in 2010. And what is the cry? Jobs and justice. Well, wait a minute. How long? Not long. Are you going to sit around begging? white people to do for us what we have the power to do for ourselves. Mr. Deacon. Five Lord. While y'all was singing, Kiki, do you love me? I was wearing fringes, seat seats in the club seat. Nothing changed, we still getting a hundred and lynched. Check the tags on my fabric, it's 100%. We understand the struggle to them, it is convoluted. 2008 white folks hoping Obama loses. Crack cocaine, I was watching my mama use it. Trials and tribulations influence this kind of music. Rap stars trying to act hard, knowing they soft as mud. Realizing it's not the industry that they thought it was. I gotta balance my hate, even though God is love. The transatlantic slave trade, I am a product of. Quiet cabin riding Fleetwood, I eat good, just like a bee should. Gold chains, cause the Royal priesthood. You getting treasures on earth, I'm getting treasures in heaven. They wanna stone me. Like Acts chapter 7, I'm stepping, they wanna clone me. MK Ultra put me in my control. They be killing shit, burning down villages to find the gold. And that's words in my Sakari Sadatos. We're going up like the doors on a Marcia Lago. This right here for each of the 12 tribes. We from side to side with you. This held high. The pale guys, they want us in hell fried. But we got next screaming Israel ride. Damn it. Hey, hey, what's up, Source Nation? It's your boy, Jeff. And if you don't know right now, this is Source Conversations. This is Season 3, Episode 17. And we have a good uh, show lined up ready for you. Um, I have some special guests in the house. But before we get to our special guests, I want to send a special shout-out to my co-host. Uh, shout-out to Dad. Shout-out to um, Franny. Shout-out to Matt to come make it today. Also, um, shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Click A Vodka. Uh, congrats on uh, the new launch of the new bottle. Uh, please send me some ASAP. And also, shout out to Holistic Remedies. Um, don't forget to use that uh, promo code at the checkout. It's HR Meet Saucy, and you get 10% off. So today, uh, Social Nation, I got some special guests in the house, um, some kings in the house. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have Cornell Williams, and also I have the big cuz, Reginald Owsley. Welcome to Social Conversation. What up, what up? What's going on, y'all? Let's go. What's going what on? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm so happy to have you guys on. I see the the work that you guys is doing out there grinding, and that's what I like to see in this um whole uh pandemic, uh what I like to call the whole plandemic. Um, yeah. it's good to see your brothers out there hustling. You know, if this this pandemic uh, ain't got you on your, your your hustling, then I don't know what's wrong with you. So um, let's let's get started. Let's get into it. 
Um, well, first of all, I'd like to ask um, you guys, how are you guys handling the, the whole um, pandemic? How is your guys' mental health? And how you guys is making it through day to day? Oh, man. Where do I start, man? <laughs> Honestly, man, uh, this pandemic really, really, really slowed me down to pay attention to myself and my family and what's really important. You know, so being able to address my health, you know, because I actually got, I actually, you know, caught the COVID-19 and it made me slow down. And, and, you know, that whole rhythm of life where you're just doing the everyday things and not paying attention to your health, not paying attention to your family. That's one thing um, that has helped me, you know, to be able to say like, yo, look, man, start eating better, uh, start working out, um, start, you know, building relationships, start taking time for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Start uh, executing ideas. So I was able to just, um, that's what's been holding me. The real, it was a healthy distraction. Right. You know? That was, you know? Yeah. Uh, what about you, Cornell? Um, For me, it was really just, it's an awakening for me to slow down. Hello? Um, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you, we hear you. Okay. Um, so it was an awakening, uh, for me to slow down, uh, cause I had a lot really going on. Um, I usually do different projects going on. I was living in New Jersey around the time. So it really encouraged me also to just start really thinking more so about my health. Like I stopped eating meat, um, because of COVID. I wanted to see how my body reacted. Cause first I wasn't really big into the whole mass things or whatever, but I already ate I would say pretty clean, but I wanted to figure out, you know, to make sure that my body um, wouldn't catch whatever it was because I was still up in the air about what this really was about and just really understanding the importance of independent research and seeing how people around me were just so rattled about everything. So it really encouraged me to really research about my health, research about certain things, topics about COVID, under really understanding getting into the whole vaccine, like it really just made me want to be more of an independent thinker than I already was and understanding that, you know, my job wasn't guaranteed. Like I woke up one day, I, I was, I went to the office, nobody was there. I got a call from my boss and it was like, you know, that, um, you know, we got to still figure out how we're going to do this work. And it just pushed me to really know that I had to really get a bigger stream of income, another stream of income. I couldn't really rely on my current job and just figure out another way uh, for me to really be financially free because um, at I think I at the at my job like they let like oh, I think over like a hundred people go yeah. and um, understanding that for me it's it just really just as important to really control your finances so you can control your reality. Absolutely, let me drop a bomb on that one. That was very good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, fellas, yeah. um, before we, we talk about uh, the present and the future, we uh, have to talk about the past. Um, That's right. Let's, let's talk. About, let's get into your your childhood. Let's dive in a little bit. Uh, just just tell us about your your childhood and how did you grow up? Oh man, you want to go first, Q? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, what I can remember, um, I was born in the Bronx. I think Albert Einstein Hospital to be exact. My mother says, um, as soon as I came out, I think I bit 
the doctor. So the doctor said, she, so how she knew I was born was she, the doctor screamed and said that, that this little rascal bit me. So that's how, <laughs> she, that's how she always talked about me, you know, getting into the earth. Um, and just, I grew up, I think my parents were separated when I was two. I don't really much remember that part of my life, but um, wasn't the greatest breakup. Mostly my memory ties back into when we lived in the Bronx for a little bit. Um, as a kid, my mother, she worked at the post office. Um, and my um, my father, he was uh, he didn't really go to school, but he didn't really like school either. So he was working, I think, at Montefiore until he eventually worked for sanitation. Uh-huh. And so my mother, she uh, got cancer, I think, around when I was like eight or something. And uh, she survived it because um, they re-stimulated her, um, her genes um, through, like, some new technology. Right. So um, we lived in a nice house. You know, she had a business, a daycare, while also working her job. And she was getting some money from the lawsuit, I think, from um, the, the postal collector. The post officer, I think, was the reason why she got it because I think something was leaking from the ceiling or something was leaking. I think it was a whole big lawsuit that the post office had to get into it. But after that... You know, she, she also has someone living with us as well. Like we had, it was kind of like, I guess her boyfriend or something. Um, but my childhood was pretty, um, pretty good. I mean, I had a lot of stuff. I had my own room. You know, my dad was big into buying me stuff. So I had um, a lot of different things. Still felt kind of empty, really, because I didn't really know much about my dad at that time or why I just really didn't see him often. But as I grew up, um, at eight years old, I had a, a desire for art wow. at a young age. So Hello? I would. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. Yeah, you hear me? All right, yo. I don't know why, man. People keep calling me. Like, I haven't got calls all day, and everybody's <laughs> calling me right now. That's <laughs> killing me. That's killing me. I'm like, why? <laughs> good, good. But nah, man, I'm, um, I mean, you know my story, man. Grew up in the Bronx, uh, uh, to a preacher. You know, my dad and my mom were real strict Christians. My mom's is a rabbit, dad deacon in the church. And, um, you know, I grew up in a very heavy, musically influenced family. So um, uh, it led me to, you know, of course, I play sports. And then when I seen sports didn't really work out, you know, it led me to um, going into entrepreneurship and opening up my own record label called at the time. It was Armed and Ready Records. So we was tied into D-Block. Um, you know, through my older brother, you know, my older brother is a hip hop legend, uh, Vinny Idol. And, um, so what I was able to do was, uh, go into the music industry and, and see what that offered and, and, and see where that went. And, and a lot of changes happened, <laughs> you know, right. in the music, um, it's almost like when we got into it, it, uh, transitioned on to down South. Right. You know, and it was like, man, you know, um, and um, just from that, you know, I was just, I tried other other ventures to get into them. And, you know, um, then I formed my own um, online magazine. I was a co-founder of uh, commissionfiles.com. Shout out to them. We kind of closed that. Wait, wait, stop right there. And, stop um, right. You're going too fast for me. You're going too fast for me. <laughs> you're going to, you're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Let me ask you, uh, Kingston. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one thing that you took away from your parents 
and how is it still helping you to today? Oh man, like just their perseverance and standing for what they believe in, you know, right. um, not being, you know, um, standing on what you feel is right. Utilizing your talents and your gifts, right? You know, like like I watched my mom, you know, go from preaching to to selling prayer handkerchiefs. You know, my mom, she was a hustler in the church. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, that helped me today. And just like watching my dad, you know, um, shout out to him, you know, just to be solid. You know, what I mean, to to be consistent, to be hardworking, right. and just teaching me like, you know, you nothing's going to be earned without hard work. And, and and you were nothing if you don't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And, and and that's what always stuck with me. So I always take those principles to help me out to date. Absolutely, absolutely. What about you, Cornell? Um, for me, mostly, I would say um, I get my hard working from my dad. Yo. Can you hear me? Yeah, you good. You good. Okay. So I get my hard working from my Thank dad. A lot of service. And so um, after, for him, yeah, I get my hard working from him. He works like crazy at sanitation. I mean, overtime, like crazy. My dad's he's calls himself a workaholic. And he's, he's more so into photography, but I'm a graphic designer. So I get the artists, uh, the creative probably around from him. And, you know, that side of my family's creative. So the hardworking, you know, determination um, I get from my dad. My mom, I usually get more so more of my personality from, more of my calmness, more of my thinking, um, more of my, as I would say, people skills, dealing with people and understanding that, you know, um, everybody has their own ways of foundation, their way of thinking, and just understanding to try to come to um, other people's realities and understanding to get out of sight of, out, to, to understanding that, I have to get outside of my own head and how I perceive things and really just know uh, to have excellent people skills so I can move forward in the world. That makes sense. But. No, no, it doesn't make sense. So, so Reg, I know you uh, mentioned that you, uh, you play sports. Uh, what kind of sports did you play? And um, who, what kind of athletes uh, you looked up to, too? Um, <laughs> today? Yeah, um, man, I played basketball. You know, I played um you know, straight ball. I was definitely, uh, I was in Gun Hill. You know, I played in a uh, Dykeman. I used to play for the Bronx Kings, played AAU. I uh, would have played more high school basketball, but I was too busy chasing the ladies. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. you know. Samson right there, huh? Yeah, I was on my <laughs> Samson stuff, man. You know. You know, I was I trying to, you know. You know, I was like, you know, the, the two can't really, you know. It's one or the other, and um, I was too busy. You know, I realized I had another gift with that, and that was a major distraction. Right. But yeah, I played ball, you know, up until then, and I was gonna play college ball, but that's, but I made a choice, you know, to um, to pursue music. But um, man, the player I looked up to in uh, in basketball was uh, first it was Jordan and Iverson. But uh, my, but ideally, overall, everybody know my favorite player of all times is Kobe Bean Bryant. Okay, okay. Kobe you Bean. know, um, just his determination. I like players that don't care. I ain't into that. You know, no, no shade at you know King James. Uh-huh. But I, I listen, man. I'm into you having fifty and a win. Mm. You know, I've always been. That's always been my ideal player. You know, so Kobe just, I like that. That. 
that mumba mentality, man. Like, yo, I don't care, man, if I got to put, put up 100 shots. Like, I'm going to win this game. So Absolutely. just that determination and that zeal to win, you know what I'm saying, was always what uh, was the, you know what I'm saying, was always stuck to me with him, man. Absolutely. That's um, my, that's my, one of my goats. Got you, got you. He is a goat. Um, Cornell, what about you? Did you play any sports? Or what you was into? Um, what kind of activities you was into in your childhood? Um, for me, I did play sports. So I played basketball from eighth grade all the way up to high school. Um, my senior year of high school, we won. I think we were the first first time. I think we won the championship in Yonkers for like I think our section. Okay. Um, and I played football from middle school. I know a middle school. I think up until I think my freshman year of high school. Most likely, I was really just mostly in the art, but I didn't really um, have really either the tools or even the mentorship for me to really start pursuing it when I was in high school. So mostly, most of my time, all I did was either play ball or uh, when I was home, I would just indulge in mostly the fashion aspect, mm-hmm. um, only ch- only child. So my mother would be working, like she worked like three jobs. I would be most likely just be in the house looking up different videos. Or I was also into like, understanding different music like getting into musical music mostly music clothing and art would be kind of things i would just be researching on the web but art was really like the biggest activity that i was really into or i would be drawing too so okay um who who was your who was someone that you looked up to in your childhood cornell uh well first it was jordan i i mean i was a real big jordan fan like my mother got me the six disc set like where like Jordan's whole life. Because oh, okay. as I got older, nice. I had, yeah, as I got older, I just had a political view now about different things. But it was Jordan. But after that, it was like Dwayne Wade. I don't know. It was something about Dwayne Wade. I think it was his game. I think it was when in 2006 when I was younger and I watched him. They literally came back. It was just really he just really became my favorite player that I used to always play with. Um, but really, it was uh, it was really Jordan when it came up to athletes. Um, until I realized that it's important for you to um, have more so role models that are in your vicinity and around you. So okay, so uh, Reg, I know you mentioned um, you come from music uh, family. Yeah. Uh, what are some um, early influence on the music side? Who you looked up to on the music side? Oh man, one of my biggest early influences. I didn't have the musical talent, but I did the musical. I did the business aspect of it. Right. So I would say one of my biggest influences was probably at the time was uh, Puff, Master P, and Dame Dash. Mm, that's a good core right there. That's a good core. You know, um, those three, and you know, I I didn't really look to. I was a fan of Jay's music, but I knew he was a talent. You know. But um, just their way of how they were able to market themselves and 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 to brand their artists and to do a lot of brand extension to not just stay at music or to use music to open up other doors. I thought they were geniuses, man. They were geniuses to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Like they they introduced they they was this hood dudes that had like a a natural niche on how to build, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then how to, um, uh, expect, how do I say have brand awareness, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and get money. And they always, those are my, those three, you know, I would say, were my biggest influence. Got you. Uh, Quinnell, mm-hmm. What about you? Is somebody in the, in the music industry or is there anybody, um, 
in a game of it could be music or fashion that you looked up to? Um, for me, really, I wasn't really big into the as far as the fashion business. I just more so liked as far as to look up clothes and the, the art aspect. Right. For me, I was really. Uh, my favorite artist was Kanye at the time. It was Kanye and Drake I mostly was into, and I also liked Lil Wayne okay. because I was always, as a youngin, but Tupac was like my biggest, biggest favorite artist. But I was more so into loving the art because I realized how much I loved lyricism. Like I loved, I loved, you know, actual the art of poetry, mm. like the actual art of somebody taking, um, you know, a verse and really using it to have somebody think. That's really what I um. That's really what I loved, um, that art of doing that. So I know it was pop. Kanye was my biggest influence because I when I really went back and listened to College Dropout and Late Registration, I realized like wow, this music was you know speaking to me. It was storytelling. It was you know different beats, different. Uh, I think even crack music. I think was my favorite Kanye song in a while. I think from his album Late Registration, but Kanye was my biggest, real biggest artist. Until like 2008, and then it was Drake, and then um, really, I think yeah, those are the the ones I really listened to mostly growing up. Absolutely, shout out to Drake, shout out to Kanye. Um, before Kim, <laughs> you like the before Kim Kanye? Oh yeah, yeah, before the Kardashians, you know. Before the Kardashian <laughs> yeah, Kanye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's cool too, but you yeah, know, yeah. Um, you so, know, so we, we talked we touched on the childhood. Um, Tell us, talk to me about um, uh, schooling. Um, did you guys after high school? Did you guys go to college? Uh, what kind of degrees do you guys have? And, and how um, the experiences in college, college uh, helping you today with your business? Um, I mean, you want to go first, or I go? Mine's a short lived. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, lots to be short, so you can go first. <laughs> okay. So, for me, actually, I um after I graduated high school, uh, I was a, mostly a C student. Uh, where people really liked me in high school, but um, I guess I wasn't really popular, but people mostly knew me. But as I left high school, I didn't want to go to college. My mother was like, "You should go," because me and my mother, we didn't have much of any money for me to go. But my guidance counselor wrote my essay. She really typed it as I was, you know talking, sent it in, had this two colleges. She said, go to Cobalt Skill. You can get away from what was going on because I was battling with my parents because my mother, she was um, she was financially unstable. And so um, I was with my dad most of the time. So she was like, um, it was like, you can get away from all of this, your parents, whatever was going on, because we had a lot of issues. So I said, okay, cool. As at first, I just wanted to find a job and work. I didn't really want to go to school, but it was like, no. Um, she, My guy's counselor asked me, what do you want to do? Like computers, art? Um, well, I told her, I said, I, I'm good at computers and art. She was like, well, there's a major called graphic design, so you should try it out. And then me and my mother went up to the school. I said, all right, let's just do this. Um, I didn't know how we took the loans out. They helped me get like a scholarship. Um, I went and um, I didn't really know anything about graphic design. My first year was just me learning, you know, design and art and um, really understanding college. Like I wasn't even a a ladies person either so getting around just finally being on your own and interacting with people of your own age like the college experience was like very new to me um or even just having friends like a crew because mostly i'm an only child so i was mostly like by myself so being like having like a crew people that's in your dorm room everybody knowing like that was a big experience for me um 
And then also it, it introduced me to understand that, you know, the world isn't as integrated as we said. So, mm. you know, um, you know, the it was a very uh, segregated place between black and white. So that's when I had my awakening because, you know, I was big into, you know, it's whatever, who cares? I didn't really get introduced to, you know, racism because most of the kids that was in my school, we all either black or Hispanic. So it really didn't matter. But I started to realize like, oh, this is different. Like when you see Confederate flags, when you start to realize why certain, why we have certain things that other people don't have, or you start to see the microaggressions and all that stuff. But, um, learning that and then just learning about what I really wanted to do, you know, I really started to love graphic design. So I was like, yo, I really want to do this. I started playing around with Adobe Photoshop and everything. And um, I also could illustrate. And then as I started going up in the school, I started to realize that the things that I started to want um, for myself, you know, I couldn't really just have a nine to five job. So I started to really think about what can I really do? So I made only my, most of my junior year, I started to say, you know, 50, 60,000 is good, but I want to travel the world. I want to see things. So me just working a nine to five is not going to work. So I just said, you know what, let me figure out a, um, I guess that was my first idea to think about entrepreneurship. So I realized I was big into fashion or I would look at, I was always looking at the art of fashion. So that's when I started to birth my clothing brand, Politically Urban. Right. And for my senior, for my senior thesis, um, I, you know, I went through the ups and downs with that too, because with my art teacher, um, um, not, who, di- who didn't look like me, didn't always understand my art. And we would always have to critique our art in front of the whole class. And sometimes it was kind of, kind of hard for people to understand it. So, um, but it was really good because it taught me about, you know, logo design, branding, you know, business plan, all that stuff that you needed for a business and really bringing your idea from your head to life and what it really takes on the design side. And, um, I had to do a whole senior project and after I left college, um, actually, no, that's pretty much, yeah, after my senior thesis, you know, um, meeting, you know, all my friends, um, that I has, that I still have now, it really just told me about building relationships, understanding that everybody, um, just because we're black doesn't mean that we start from the same spot. Cause I do have friends that, you know, some of their humble beginnings where I'm like, wow, this is crazy understanding the art of friendships and, you know, this, this, the stress of understanding, um, conflict with your friends and, you know, you being there to resolve it and being adults and dealing with your own trauma and stuff at home. Cause I was, things were unstable at home, all that. And you're kind of living on your own, but you're really not cause you're kind of in debt. But right. it was really, I guess, an adulting really growth for me. I'm glad I went. I just don't like the debt that I got to show you. <laughs> gotcha, so. gotcha. Uh, what about you, Reg? <laughs> Man. That's <laughs> so the adulting. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you wanted me to go? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Tell us about yeah, the man. It's, it's nothing. There's nowhere near measure to your excuse. <laughs> Miles was short lived. Like, man, after I got out of high school, um, I just I made a decision. I said, "Yo, mom, I want to do music." And um, when I decided to do that, I needed money, so I was like, "Yo, listen, you know, I'm, uh, I went, and what I did was I used the little coins that I had, and I went to my brother's studio. You know, he gave us a discount, a major discount. <laughs> he would give me the beats for free, but I would have to pay for studio time. So I went. Right. 
sat down with my parents in the living room and um they were like you know they listened to the music and it was real gangster man i'm talking a lot of people getting shot drive-bys all type of crack selling narcotic talk i was like you know they was like nah we are not supporting this because i told them i wanted about five hundred dollars for a mixtape i was asking them and they was like you know we christians we can't support this but you know what um why don't you go to school you know and and if this is something you really do want to have a backup plan and then so i end up going to westchester community college now originally i was still indecisive between basketball and music so i went to a gym and I played at some random gym, uh, I believe it was uh, in New York. And I was playing and I did my thing. And one of the guys was like, yo, man, you know, how old are you? And I told him my age. He's like, yo, why don't you go to, you know, Westchester's community and try out for the team? And so I went. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the tryout. But then I just kind of fell in love with, you know, doing music. And things started to progress. So I end up just... Uh, End up going to campus, which is crazy. End up going to campus, selling my mixtape on a radio stay Like everything that my parents sent me up to school to do, I did not do. Coming home with D's and C's, but at least I sold my mixtape and booking shows. So I end up uh, sitting down a semester because, you know, my parents are like, yo, look, you don't have financial aid. You're paying, you know, we're paying for this because, you know, um, Basically, you know, we kind of make too much. You know, you got a two-parent home. Right. So I was like, yeah, I went and I started throwing parties. And I used some of the money from the parties to go back to school and to finish. And I ended up finishing um, getting my marketing degree. And the reason why I went into marketing because I just wanted just to have uh, just the special tools on how to push the music or how to brand whatever it is that I was doing, you know, knowing about getting product knowledge and promotion and positioning, you know, knowing, uh, doing market research, you know, and, uh, knowing, uh, how to make, you know, idea screening, you know, what's the strengths, what's the, what's the weaknesses of this idea. So I was able to, uh, utilize all of those things that I learned and I ended up graduating you know, because I was taking it, you know, class by class, but because <laughs> I was paying because my parents wasn't going to do it. And now they have financial aid. Right. Shout out to, you know, them clubs, man. Throwing them parties, fellas. If I overcharge you for all them bottles, man, I was just simply just trying to pay for school, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If I overcharged you and lied to you, said there was a million girls in the club that said that you got to buy bottles. I was just trying to get my education, man. Please forgive me. If I did that to you, but um, yeah, I ended up graduating and it was good because those very same that that education, you know, I utilize all those tools now and it helps me with my business today. Right. Uh, talk talk to me about the um the Omni Ready uh parties, man, because I, I remember going to one and these is um some some good parties. What's up, Social Nation? It's your boy Jeff, the owner and host of Social Conversations. And I'm here to tell you about our new sponsor for season three, Holistic Remedy. Holistic Remedy is a black owned CBD company that creates natural products to make sure you feel good. 
Their catalog includes 150 milligrams CBD healing balm, 25 milligrams CBD honey and engaged sticks, and hemp seed body butters in six extraordinary scents. Each product is handmade with love to relieve eczema, pain, um, arthritis, lupus, general soreness, and many more. Holistic Room Lease is giving everybody in Social Nation 10% off. That's right, 10% off on all their products. All you gotta do is type in the promo code at the checkout, and the promo code is HR Meat Saucy. Again, HR Meat Saucy. Go and support uh, Holistic Remedies, which is a black owned company, and also keep supporting Saucy Conversations. We appreciate all the love and support. It's a love. This, this talk to me about. Um, yeah, on the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just talk to me about um, the the day to day grind of actually throwing these parties. Like, what 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 kind of work goes Ooh. into this? Well, Man, it's a little, it's a little bit of prostituting yourself. It's a little <laughs> bit of everything. <laughs> Man, like you know what it is to so you make the flyers first. You got to find the venue. You got to set up uh, like deals, man, like. Yo, listen, man, if I don't if I don't get the door, I get a percentage of the bar. Then if I get it, you know, if they make this amount of money at the bar, I get this much percentage from the bar. Right. Or some would just say we get the door and, you know, you get the bar or, or things of that nature. Then it's like, you know, uh, that was the first thing was the negotiation thing. Then you got to understand that depending on that I had a hip hop crowd, it was hard because, you know, certain clubs knew that for some strange reason hip hop came with I'm gonna be honest, it came with some violence. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know, rap. unfortunately yeah. yeah, it comes with a bad rap, unfortunately. So, you know, you had to find some clubs were like, who are you associated with? Mm. You know, you had to be associated with a certain caliber of of rapper or, or hip hop. Or, you know, if they if they too street, we don't want that type of crowd in there. But if they're like real commercial or, or, you know, so you had to sometimes like finagle with that, then it's the whole thing of getting girls in your parties. I mean, I'm literally going to strip clubs and parties every single night, bagging two numbers a night, telling them to bring friends. Just, you know, you don't even like this girl, but you're going to bag a number just to invite you to her party, just to invite you to your party. Right. You know, and, and inviting the hustlers, inviting, you know, the, the, the gangsters and then that was the the very beginning of social media at the time it was myspace oh god i'm saying my age but wow. at the time it was myspace mm-hmm. so popping sending, back in the day it was popping it was it, you want to hear something i've made more connections with myspace than i made with any other social media believe well, it or I not i believe you i believe you on that one I, I I was able to DM rap. I was selling beats. Oh man, I made a lot of money off of MySpace. Right, but right. just being able to, uh, you know, then you know, sitting there inviting hundreds of people, you know, social media, then getting their emails and, and putting them on the guest list. So it took a lot of work, and uh, to get there you know, to, to do the day-to-day grind of parties. Like anybody that back in the early 2000s or late 2000s that were party promoters or throwing events, they'll tell you, man, it was a lot of grinding, man. It was hard. It was rough. You know, you got to make sure when you throw your party, 
that that week another promoter of a high caliber isn't throwing a party because mm. now they you got people deciding should i go to his party right. should i go to his party right. you know so it was it was it was a grind but it helped me to learn because of the relationships i got today just meeting people and crazy enough i met my wife at one of my parties wow so it's like <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it worked out you know Yes, sir. So um, yeah. after you um, was finished with the I'm ready thing, um, mm-hmm. you, did, you did mention the Commissioner Files. Uh, tell the audience about the Commissioner Files. Commissioner Files was a men's online magazine uh, that I did with my brother, Earl Fax. Shout out to him. Uh, well, you know, he was the uh, the chief, you know, and I was uh, definitely assisting him with that. We did that. Just another way to uh, brand, you know, another way to uh, get out uh, certain ideas. He was he, my best friend since he was about 13, and he's just a, he was a phenomenal writer. And um, our passion for music, we would do write-ups on music, and then we, at the time, uh, you know, we felt like we were somewhat a uh, lifestyle. You know, we, we was basically... How do I say this? We were able to sell a lifestyle of people, mm. you know, because we were young. We so we knew what you know the popping clubs or the finest alcohols that were that were drinking or or the things with fashion. Right. You know, we kind of had a voice because at that time we was popping. You know, we were outside. What they like to say, right? <laughs> and you know, like they like to say, we were outside. Right. So we were able to to get views and to get clicks you know, on that site because people really uh um follow we were influencers at that time. We were early influencers at that time. So Absolutely. uh that, no. I, t- mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people all the time like the influence thing is not new. It's not it's really not. It's really not. Absolutely it's uh, just now they're getting paid very well for it. Facts. <laughs> super facts on that one. Uh Cornell, yeah. I'm coming to you on this one. Um so, mm-hmm. so you mentioned um, after you uh, finished college, what was the next step for you? What, what was next for you? What was your next mission? Um, well, the next step really was for me to was for employment. Really, it was to get a, it was to get some type of form of job, some money, so I can then really build politically urban. And then it was also um, I wanted I needed either it was like mentorship or I needed um, someone to really hold me in and really um as far as just help me as far as personally because i didn't really get that really from my parents as i um wanted so i just felt after that my aunt and uncle said you know you come to north carolina for a little bit so i went and they ran an embroidery company before so i was like you know what let me maybe new york wasn't for me so i said let me try something different because you know no one really had a plan for me after school it was just oh just come home and my mother she needed financial help but it was like I didn't really have a job, so I said, you know, let me try something different. I went to North Carolina. Um, there were some ups and downs um, as far as with the family that I moved in with. Um, got a sales job down there. Didn't really like it much. But before then, I worked at a gym. Um, mm-hmm. And then for then, it was kind of hard for me to get capital for what my for what Politically Urban was because I had a whole book on it. I just needed to get money because then I had to help them pay money for this and i was taking ubers because i didn't really drive a car and then i was just paying for like everyday stuff so i didn't really have the money just to restash the money that i was making every two weeks wasn't the greatest 
even in sales, I wasn't the greatest salesman either. So after a while, they was going to let people go. And I really wanted to um, really build my brand. But I started to realize um, also there was nothing really wrong with me because internally I was going through a lot. It was more so I didn't really have the resources really around me because that's when people mostly even told me when I was in in North Carolina, like, oh, you just need an opportunity. You just need people around you. So it was really just for me to get politically urban going and get the capital. So I ended up getting a job that I have now, returned back to New York. And um, I was pretty much out every day trying to build politically urban or build connections that I didn't think of when I was in high school or whatever, because mostly I was just by myself or I had some friends. But also all we did was it was school and I went home and then we played video games and talk. But I was like, damn, you know, I really wish I marketing myself so i was just the next the next goal was to make sure that i had capital for the urban and i also had connections so i would be like almost everywhere whatever business function was going on i was there whatever after work whatever was going on ended up getting into different things like different business adventures like network marketing different stuff but it was really just for me to build the connections that i felt that i missed out on so it was like the art of missing out so it was really just me building finally trying to build a team trying to build the people around me trying to get somebody that can either help me build what I was trying to build. And uh, I was just everywhere, almost nearly, nearly internally killing myself. So, but yeah, it was a lot going on. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I want uh Reg, I'm coming to you on this one. Um, <laughs> now, after you finish with Armed and Ready, right? You finished with the commissioner files, right? Um, there's a little change in life. That happened mm-hmm. for you. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. about this change <laughs> <laughs> in your life, and um, at one point, at what point did God show you this vision or tell you that this is the right road for you? Well, the change happened. Um, even after I seen, you know, what, what I would say like this: most of us don't know how to handle failure mm. and um the thing is and also we're not taught how to handle failure wait say that one more so time. That one more time? most of us most of us are not taught on how to handle failure mm. and when i seen that um you know my life was somewhat like just going through the motion it was a time all i had was a good time because I stopped on parties because my business partners and all of them decided to go into a different direction uh, you guys, you know, podcast guys, you shut down online magazines because you guys are basically like the new online magazine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sorry about that. And uh, yeah, sorry about that. But um, I was just at a standstill, and I was just like, you know, guy, like, you know, why is why am I at the standstill with all this talent and gifts that you have? And I would just go to random places, and um, people would say, you know, this is people didn't know me. All right. And um, when I was at my job at the time, you know, you know, a lady just came up to me. It was like, hey, man, you know, you wonder why you're like putting uh, you feel like you're putting a bunch of stuff in a ripped bag. And you're wondering why it's just falling out, you know, because you don't know that it's ripped because you're supposed to be doing God's work. Right. And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. So then now I'm like, all right, this is this is crazy. And I heard it when I was a kid, you know, that mm-hmm. I was called to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, 
then I went to this barbecue. And this is, I guess, like, this is my burning bush moment, my Moses moment, right, I guess. Right, right. And uh, I went to this barbecue and I'm, I'm having vibing out, you know, me and my cousins, you know, shout out to Dre and Dorian and, um, uh, pro and dot and the rest of them. They hit us. And, um, yeah. And, um, I was sitting there, two Ciroc bottles in my hand, two girls on my lap, just vibing and chilling. Uh-huh. And, um, guy comes up to me who was, uh, who was, you know, he was in charge of the grill. And he asked me, he said, yo, yo, I could talk to you for a second. I was like, yeah, he was like, yo, man, you got some extra cash on you. So, you know, um, you want to buy the buns and, you know, stuff. You know, I ran out, you know, just like some bread, for like, you know, all the meat that we have here. Pause. And, um, <laughs> you know, what he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, guys. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to have a conversation with you. So I'm like, all right. And he was like, yo, um, I'm over here. And he was like, yo, God told me, like, yo, you're not supposed to be doing this, man. You got a higher calling on your life. Man. You have, you have a calling to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, one more incident happened. I was sitting back at the church. And my, um, the church I grew up in, Green Pastors. And I'm sitting all the way in the back. And a preacher called me all the way to the front. It was like, your time is now to preach the gospel, you know, of Jesus Christ. And um, I said to God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I love fornicating. I love drinking. I love partying. These things I love. Mm-hmm. You know, how, but you have to be uh, holy, you know to preach the gospel. And um, as I learned to love God more, things begin to remove itself. I didn't, uh, at first, I was hard on myself because I thought I had to be put together to be eligible to enter into this path. But that wasn't, the message that was told to me, as you guys hear in the beginning, is to preach the gospel. The message that wasn't told to me was you need to get yourself together to preach the gospel. And that's what I missed. And I said, you know what? I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to submit to your will. And as I did that, um, just certain desires, certain uh, thirst and taste for things just started to just fade out. You know, I'd sit in the club and just miraculous, just miraculously got boring to me. Right. I'm like $12 for a drink. Like, I don't even like alcohol like that no more. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah, like yeah. just things just started to just, I just started to lose that, that, that drive, that appetite for those things. And that's what happened. And it led me today where now I'm a minister. Uh, your but it wasn't yeah. worry, man. Yeah, it wasn't no burning bush, man. You know, wasn't <laughs> like that. No, no big old voice, you know, came to me while I was, you know, in a club or something. Like the DJ music stopped, and it was like Reggie. Like it was nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not crazy, you know. People be having those crazy stories. Nah, it's right, not right. Right. It's nowhere near that. Right. <laughs> so, um, um, after that, you came on Dane, right? And uh, mm-hmm. another change in your life comes on. Mm-hmm. Comes in your life. 
Um, yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, you, you retire your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about the jersey retirement. And when did you know that she was going to be your wife? Well, you want to hear something? Uh-huh. I could. I kept bumping into this girl, man. Uh-huh. Like a lot of people don't know. They be thinking I met my wife in the club. Uh-huh. I mean, I met my wife in church. I met my wife in the club, man. Uh-huh. And then I went to when I went to graduate from college. She was at the graduation, so she graduated with me too. Wow! So I kept bumping into her in parties, in clubs, at college, and then like even one time when I was like being a creep, I didn't even know. One time I was creeping at some girl's house, and it was her mother's building. Mm. Like I, ain't, I was like, "Yo, what is with this woman?" And <laughs> and um, that changed, you know, like. We decided to be together. You know, I was nervous, you know, because I had commitment issues for whatever reasons they were, mm-hmm. you know. Couldn't see myself at the time with one woman. And, you know, also I was, you know, at this stupid mentality that thinking that I had to find somebody that complimented me as a preacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's really your happiness is what compliments, you know. It's, it's about finding somebody that you know, it's, it makes you happy. Right, right. And, um, yeah. And then I met her, I seen her, you know, just, she was different, you know, different in the sense of like the girl, honestly, we went on a date and she was like, yo, you're going to be my husband, but I'm gonna let you see it. I ain't going to force you. Cause I said, I know she was like, I know a lot of girls be trying to force you to commit. She was like, yo, I ain't going to force you. And at that time I was just so captured by her drive to succeed. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, I, you meet girls and they have like no purpose. Like they like they just want to be baddies and, and city girls yeah, and, and, and twerk all day and twerk. <laughs> and this girl was like she was so beautiful, but she was passionate about being successful. I met her. You know, she had her own. You know, her credit score was high. She had a co-op and a Mercedes Benz, and was passionate about being a teacher. So I'm like, wow. wait, man, she, all wait, you need. She already had a, a co-op in a Mercedes Benz. She had a co-op when I met when I got involved with my wife. She was under thirty years old uh-huh. with a master's, a co-op in a Mercedes Benz 2015. You don't mean like, you don't come across those nowadays. You don't man. come across that, you know, and um. When I seen that, I was like, well, to me, all she was looking for was 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 love and romance. Mm. I didn't have to, like, you know, create her, you know, and just her drive to be successful. And my drive at that time, you know, it just made us somewhat really fall in love. Was it perfect? No, nah, we didn't come to each other perfect. We still be working on stuff. Absolutely. But it's just like, you know, and that's what marriage is about, you know. And, you know, to each his own, but it was that drive that she had. And and so when you see somebody um, that could have been something, because, you know, my wife is no slouch, man. Like, I remember her, man, you know, seeing her in the club with rappers, this basketball player, they was all, they all used to admire her and want to be with her. And to see her, the path that she could have went on, and she still chose to be a teacher and still chose to be what she is today. 
that's what really captured me because mm. most women with that type of access, man, they trying to be taken. Right. Right. They they want to sit up and take Instagram pictures mm. in a Burberry uh, swimsuits all day. Like, <laughs> and they didn't even buy it. Somebody else bought it. And they didn't even buy it. Somebody <laughs> they just want to be taken, you know, and open up hair salons, that's you know. Thing. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> like, exactly. hers. She's just different, you know. And that's that's what caught me. All praises on that one, man. You don't yeah, man. That, you no, you that. don't, man. That's, Drop that's, that's another that's bomb right. for oh, her, man. man. Drop yeah. another bomb for her. Oh. <laughs> real quick, man. He don't feel <laughs> shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. oh man. Oh man. So uh Cornell, um uh tell me, do you have a special on me in your life right now? Or are you married? Oh no. <laughs> said, oh, no. No. <laughs> no. I'm not uh I'm not in that position. I mean I'm more so said that I'm more so I don't even have like a girlfriend or anything. I'm more so just I would as far as I wouldn't mind having somebody that I can grow with, but as far as right now, mostly I'm just focusing on my goals, trying to financially get myself in a better position, really, even really before I even have a relationship or really trying to really be married. I'm trying to get out all my, you know, get my businesses going, get my finances going, put myself in a better position. Yeah. And then I could talk about marriage. You know, I don't mind being, I don't know my, I don't mind growing with somebody, but as far as marriage, I want to make sure that I'm set before I do that. Smart man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, <laughs> man. Goals come first, man. That's right. Yeah, so, um, Kings, tell me about uh, GPS and how y'all end up uh, meeting each other. Oh, you're talking about urban merchandising? Yes, sir. I think, yeah, urban merchandising. Man, oh, uh, man. Uh boy, well, we kind of told the story yesterday. You want me to start it, Q? Because I had you, I kind of threw you in a fire yesterday. Don't those interviews. No, it's fine. I um, I literally, literally met at work initially because I think we saw each other. I was I was leaving the building, but I had to I had to call somebody for some reason. So. I saw him while he was leaving the building. I think he said his name was Reg. And I think, no, we were going to talk, but I think he was going the other way and I was on the phone. So the next day I left and I saw him. I was like, hey, you know, what's up? He was like, oh yeah, my name's Reg. And we just started talking. We were, we were riding to the train and then we was just really just, I think we were talking about work. Then we started talking about music. Then we started talking about everything. And, you know, it was like a really deep conversation really quickly. Like we went on the train and we started talking about things from Black Panther to black people to the nation what was going on right now. He, then he told me he was a preacher. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if it was that day, but it was the, I think it was one one of the time on the train. We saw, I think, one of um, his lovers of the past. So we talked about that. It was like, <laughs> it was just like, it was just like, uh, and it's like, it was really engaging conversation. So I was doing my own thing. He was doing his own thing. Right. You know, we would see at work and we would just meet up and I was there at lunch. And, you know, we had a friend Hector back, you know, this is pre-COVID. And I was running around, you know, doing business here, doing that, trying to go everywhere. And he was just telling me, we would, you know, have all these debates about sports. And sometimes I would even talk about, you know, racism and black people and all different things. And then I think it was, he would tell me his ideas and stuff like that. Sometimes, like, our conversations get deep. And then I think about, it wasn't until, like, 
with this last November, I think we really started getting serious about the whole merchandising thing because mm-hmm. he would bring up different ideas he had with me as far as music. And we were talking about, and he knew I was doing politically urban, so I would tell him about that. And uh, he told me that I kind of, I inspired him to really, you know, have, have the dreamer in him to really get back and get into business because he just wanted to move up in the company. But now we started having real serious conversations and we were figuring out like, yo, we can do merchandising. You know, this could solve your problem because I was like going everywhere, spending so much money. Like every check was like almost gone. I had so much people wear my stuff and I was shipping out things to different influencers and had them wear my stuff. And some of it was good. Some of it was what wasn't had inconsistent stuff going on. And I was like eating rice and water. I was like going broke. It was crazy. So <laughs> it was like, I was very, it was very stressful, like very stressful. I didn't really know anything much. It was like my first business. I got my logo trademarked because I wanted to have some protection, but you know, me running an Instagram and lear- learning how to meet people and connections. And that was all new to me. So I would go out to different places and just try to meet people, you know, in my industry and art, you know, cause I didn't really know how to do this stuff. So, um, it got to a point where he was just like, yo, like, you know, um, I was thinking, you know, merchandise and he talked about the people he knew and then it wasn't. So yeah, like till last November, he wanted to get real serious about it. So I was like, okay, right. um, sure. No problem. So I showed him some designs I did for his, um, for his sister-in-law and he was like, Oh, this is really good stuff. She liked it. So then we started to really think like, let's get a logo. I created it. And then he said, you know, I can use my connections and we can really build something really to grow. And this can also help your brand as well. So that's kind of how it birthed, you know, basically the backstory kind of. That's pretty much it, man. Wow. That's amazing, man. You know, yeah. Man, see, man. I was watching him, you know, yeah. watching him just, you know, go through i know what it is to when you're trying to start your brand and you're trying to get you know people to support it and get that brand awareness so you ask some rappers and influencers to to support your stuff and, right. and to endorse it and i've seen it and i know how they are because i worked in the music industry right. and i'm like yo dude stop paying these people cell phone bill bro mm. yeah let me just say that like stop bill. Stop it! Stop paying their cell phone bill by having them wear your stuff for only thirty seconds on a measly story. Let's figure out a way that your art and and your creativity can be worn, and we still get paid. Mm. And that's when it it dawned on us to do merchandising. Right, that's the perfect way for us to get paid. And for you to still have your art, you know, and your genius to be on somebody. Right. Man. Yeah, I, I, I just recently sold out of this is your first product, the, the Black Love um Yes, Black our Love. first capsule collection. Yes. And I, just based, I just went on the internet, man, and, and try <laughs> trying to get me a t shirt and it was sold out already. I like, man. You should have texted me, man. 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 I, next time I will, next time I will. <laughs> You you text me, man. Uh, let me support the cousin. I went online and it's all sold out. Man, I was like, damn. Yeah, man, it went so, crazy, yeah, man. man. I saw mm-hmm. it, man. I saw it since y'all launched it, and and to, for it to sell out that quick, man. I'm I'm happy for you guys. Um, Thank what, you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is the um the ultimate goal of urban merchandising? What's the ultimate goal? What are you guys is uh trying to um do with this brand? What's the ultimate goal? Well, um, the ultimate goal, honestly, we want to be, our, our tagline is, is being a part of your journey. Mm. And um, 
we want to be the merchandiser company that really helps uh, inner city kids or any dream of any sort. We want to play a role in there, whether it's you start your clothing line without shirts or whether you promote your album using our apparel right. um, or idea or, or campaign that you're building. We that that's the overall goal to be that brand or that company that help that that's a part of everyone's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be you know like the American Apparel or the Black Gilded right. that uh, you know you wear our stuff and uh, to start to to kick off things or, or to or to sell uh, or, to, or to sell goods for promotional usage. You know, that's our overall goal and and. Also to, you know, to teach our inner city, the kids from the Bronx, you know, that, you know, you don't have to uh, always be the, uh, we're known in our culture to make brands hot and get not much in return, Mm -hmm. just a few likes and a few compliments and attention. But what we want to show people is that if you have the power to make somebody else hot, why not make your own ideas hot? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, what like like you know what I'm saying? Like we have that much uh power. Spending power too. Spending power, yes. And and cultural influence. You know what I'm saying? To to do as such. So, you know, we want to show the young kids, you no, know, be a designer. Don't just be a consumer. Right. You know, and and give them the um, our overall goal is to give them that education, and give them that platform, and then you know give them uh, that financial literacy to know that yo, you can do it. Let me you around, can do it. Right, I'm gonna run a for that. One. Definitely, definitely, fellas. Um, <laughs> that's what's up, fellas. Um. That's all the questions I had. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to touch on or like to tell the audience about your brand and company? Well, first, I like to say shout out to Saucy Conversations, man. I'm yeah, proud man. of you. I appreciate you. Which I don't know. Appreciate which, you. Let's let the rabbit out the hat. Uh, he's my younger cousin. Right. <laughs> His father, my father, actually brothers. Right. You know. Right. right, right. So shout out to you, and I'm very proud of you, and. We, I definitely will definitely try to uh, sponsor uh, a show, you know, in the future. Definitely. definitely. We would like to sponsor a show and uh, some endorsement, you know, we'll sit down, you know, with that. So definitely shout out to Saucy Conversations, man. You know, black owned. I love it. You know, sir, yes, sir. Definitely, we're definitely a support of it. Definitely. We're going to um, be working. Go ahead. We're gonna be working definitely. And I don't know if you got something to say, Q, because I got tons of announcements to <laughs> say about what we're doing. <laughs> Go right ahead and talk, because I got all the announcements in the world. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, I really do appreciate. This is our first interview, so I really yes. do appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, just to begin. Uh, what just I was, yeah, yes, yes. What I would, what I would say is, um, you know, since we are a merchandising company, I don't know if you're doing merch for this podcast, but you know, we would. If you, I'm pretty sure you have a logo already. We would uh, have no issue doing like your merchandise for the podcast uh, and stuff like that, or any promotional products you want. As far as that, we're also doing hats and t-shirts. So, uh-huh. um, so if you have any, um, or actually, if you're doing merch soon, or if you want to think about doing merch, we would be your guys to do it. 
um, for your graphics and everything like that. Just let us know. And uh, it's amazing. I really thank you we'll always for, you know, you, you, you always remember your first interview. So it was great that you're the first person to, you know, get us and, you know, we'll cross promote as we grow as well, you know? Yeah. Most, yeah. Most definitely came in. Um, we definitely going to be working. Um, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just uh, Real I, soon. I got a lot of projects in the works. Um, I'll tell you guys off air what the next thing I'm working on, but I definitely want you guys to be a part of it. We will be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let us know. Go ahead, Reggie. Got Thanks. some more announcements you want to make? Uh, well, we do have um the next project. Our next capsule collection uh, will be Father's Day. You know, we got some surprises uh, in store for you. We just did a merch for the rapper Nova. Uh, I don't know if you know him from 106 and Park. He won a couple weeks uh-huh. on 106 and Park. Yeah, we just did his merch for his new album. Uh, you know, we did some tea, some apparel for him, some t-shirts mm-hmm. and some hats. So you guys go out there and, and you go cop not only his album, but you cop that. And, um, hold on, hold on. let me jump on that one. Let me jump on you, you, you just front of it. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, we're in the works, uh, with other people, uh, with, uh, we haven't, uh, in talks with, uh, Nia Lee. From Love and Hip Hop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's my sister actually. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. a small sister. world. It's a small world. Small world, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so in the works with her, and uh, we just got a few things, uh, you know, up our sleeves. We're not going to talk too much because we about it. We, just, we don't just talk about it. Right, right. Action. So, um, Action. We action, yes, yes, yes. We're, we're men of action, and um, so just listen out, you know, for urban merchandising, you know, hear that name, get very familiar with it. Uh-huh. You're gonna see it, you know, almost everywhere soon, and this is us manifesting and talking right now, and we want to be that super company with our super black powers, man. Exactly. Give me your social media where where the audience can find you at. It's also gonna be uh tagged in um when we um drop this episode but it's sure. just on your social media and everything where they can find you you can follow well you can follow us at a uh, urban dot merch right there's no it's urban it's urban merch dot urban merch dot yeah urban merch dot co so co yes urban merch dot co on instagram yeah. um we're gonna be putting up some content that you guys are gonna love so you guys can see uh, what our services provide. You can follow me at uh, Reggie, O-R-E-G-G-I-E, four O's, <laughs> that, yeah, four O's <laughs> on Instagram. I forget too. And I forget I know. <laughs> four O's. And um, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, uh, you can find us there. We on Clubhouse as well too. Um, you know, we have Clubhouse and we are all the social media platforms. Um, you can find us and uh, politicallyurban.com. Yes, please. Uh, that that is that is uh, Cornell's uh, yeah. clothing line. But also whenever we sell our merch uh, for the time being, it will be sold on politicallyurban.com. And um, so. That's where you can find us. You know, if you want to email us, we're at support at urbanmerch.net. Uh, urban That's our email. Support 
at urbanmerch.net. That is our email. So if you want to email us, you can reach us that way too. All praises on that one. All praises. Um, I appreciate yeah. you, Kings, for being on the show today. And just, just no, we appreciate you, man. Yes, yeah, the very beginning. Yes, sir. Make sure our dads hit us together. <laughs> definitely. They like, oh, I'm so proud of them working together. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You guys are officially Saucy alumni. Y'all alumni. Yes. The podcast. Facts. So. Anytime you guys want to come on the show, just to, just to talk and, and dialogue on on different topics or anything you guys have to promote, uh, my platform is um, open to you guys. Appreciate and this, man. Appreciate you, most definitely, Kings. Uh, shout out to my co-host that's going to be today. Shout out to Mac. Shout out to Dad. Shout out to Renice. Uh, shout out to our sponsors of the show, Click A Vodka. Please send me a case of that new bottle you you just launched. Please send me that. <laughs> Please send me. I need that in my life right now. Uh, send me that. Um, shout out to Holistic Remedies. Um, make sure to go to their website. Show some love. It's also uh-huh. another black owned company. Nice. Uh, put in that promo code HR Meet Salsa. You get ten percent off. 10 per- you, you ain't getting nothing else off. It's only 10%. Don't ask me for 20. Don't ask me for 30. Don't ask me for half. You only get 10% off when you enter our promo code. And tell them 10% does not mean $10 off. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got to do your math on now. We got to do your math on now. <laughs> exactly. So shout out shout out to them. Go make, make sure y'all go out and show love to our sponsors. And um, yes. um yeah, so um, I appreciate you, Kings, again. Uh, first, I want to. Nah, we thank you, bro. Definitely, thank you, man. Definitely. First, I want to give all praises to the Most High Yahweh and His Son Yahweh, shout out to the world called Jesus Christ. I appreciate Amen. everybody for um, listening on this episode. And we will see you on the next one. Taking us out is the Deacon for Sakari Camp. Peace and love, y'all. Yes, sir. Peace. Damn to my birds, standing on the curb. Damn to the word. Damn to my nerves. Cannon for the purge. I go Michael Bass. Go crazy like a psychopath. Like a rifle blast. Try your ass. Get your idol smashed. White Jesus, take that pen and off. Day of Pentecost. In the synagogue, I've been a boss. Every minute cost. And I got the dinner sauce. They call me Pace Picante. They put beef on my plate and I ate the entree. From the seat of Jacob, I don't need a Jacob or a Rolex. Accurate passages in the papyrus in the codex. Bohemian Grove. Sacrifice to the Alamolek pretty soon It's judge dread and bloodshed protest In section 8 houses so crowded it gets to me I gotta talk about it, all this malice and iniquity They wanna make me a martyr and talk about it in history Like XX Tentacion, death shrouded in mystery A lot of agents in the truth, they probably got a wire I ride on the beat to the Ferrari, pop a tire The Deacon Hakai, I'm the Sakari prophesier I'll be ballin' in this truth, call me Omari Stoudemire This right here for each of the 12 tribes Wave them side to side with your fist held high The pale guys, they want us in hell fried But we got next screaming, Israel rise